It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 6.06 on a Saturday morning. This is Lawn and Garden. Walter Reeves and Georgie Gardner are here to help you be more successful and to bring a little happiness into your life as well. I'm happy this morning. Ashley is happy this morning. Jason is happy this morning as well. Just as I came into the studio, Ashley said, what could gardeners be doing in 26-degree weather? We both agreed they could be in bed, sleeping, be warm, or driving around, warm, not, bless their hearts, not sleeping underneath bridges as uh, I pass some folks every Saturday morning who are sleeping outside. The, the what do they call them? The home, the home need, needy, the homeless, the folks who just decide they'd rather sleep outdoors and sleep inside. And, and my heart goes out to them because they're right over here near the station, over there under the portico at Rhodes Hall. I see them every Saturday and wonder what could be done for those poor folks. What brought them to this point in their lives? Well. We won't think about them. We will think about what you can be doing or thinking about doing, maybe, in gardening. On a Saturday when it looks like it's going to be cold this morning, warm this afternoon. Kirk says it's going to be sunny this afternoon, going over to, what, the 50s, 50s, something like that. So that should not be a bad afternoon. So if you want to just hang out doing what you're doing now, as long as you're warm, then hang on. The Lawn and Garden Show goes from now until 9 o'clock this morning, and we will have garden questions and garden answers at 404-872-0750. I thought for the first couple of minutes of the show this morning, I would talk a little bit about the email newsletter. I never really get to focus on the questions that come in during the week that I choose, some of them, three of them each, each Thursday, to put into the newsletter. And so I'll describe them. They have pictures, but I think I'll be good enough here to describe what's in the picture here. First, first one says, God says, look, I've got these holes in the ground around my clematis vine. He has an area of mulch around his clematis vine. It's a real thin composted wood, it looks like. And these holes are about an inch and a half, probably, in diameter, very shallow. Only it looks to me like an inch deep. But he has three of them, about six inches maybe away from the clematis vine. So he says, are these voles? Many of you know what a vole is, V-O-L-E, vole. They are little meadow mice, and the meadow mice chew on the roots of plants. And so for him, I said, no, I don't think they're voles, not at all, because vole tunnels, if they are tunnels, if they're underground, are almost always right close to the trunk of whatever plant they're chewing on. If they're chewing on a camellia, you'll see a little hole right beside the trunk as they go down, sort of head first. That's literally what they do. They go down head first in the soil beside the camellia, beside the rose, whatever they're chewing on, and they chew the roots because it's really sweet. They love that first little bit of sap that comes up into the roots into the trunk of the tree. And so that's what voles chew on is right next to the trunk of the tree or shrub. And the tunnels four or five, six inches away just don't make sense to me. I don't see why a vole would be digging down into the ground that far away from this guy's clematis 
So I diagnosed it as being uh, squirrel damage, not vole damage for him. Second question. I moved three camellias, but the leaves now are wilting and the flowers are brown. So I thought, oh, man, he moved them and they're out there, don't have any roots on them, and all the leaves are falling off of it, and the flowers are all brown, doesn't have any foliage on it at all. But then he, he sent me three pictures of his camellia, and honestly, it looked great. It was green. The leaves were all over it. The Yeah, the flowers were brown, but no great whoop there. And so I told him back. I said, look, I was expecting to see some real disaster-looking camellias. Yours, frankly, look fine. They are wilted just a little bit. They're droopy on the ends just a little bit. And the flowers are brown, sure. But here's what I would do. I would simply go out there and pull every flower and every flower bud off of the camellia now because the flowers take energy that would rather go into making roots for those camellias. And the drooping, I think you've got plenty of roots when you move your three camellias. Simply water them occasionally during the wintertime, even when it's cold, even on a day when it's cold and it's windy. Oh, man, they lose all sorts of water from the leaves. And if you don't have as many roots as they once did back in the other place where they lived, you need to replace that water, make sure the roots that are there have enough moisture around them, and so I told him just to water it, pull all the flowers off, and I think his three free, he got these from a friend, free camellias will look great in a year or two. They'll recover just fine. Third and last question, guy says, I get a gazillion, I get a gazillion of these spinning seeds every year, and I wonder what tree they're from. All right, so what trees have spinning seeds that come down? I can think of one, two, three offhand. One, I think of pine seeds. If you don't know, maybe you've never seen a pine tree seed, when you open up the cone in the fall, the seeds inside have a little wing, a little black sort of nubby thing at the end. And when they fall out of the cone, they'll spin as they come down to the ground, down like a little helicopter. And I can think of maple seeds. You've probably seen just big bunches of maple seeds hanging out of red maple, out of box elder maple, mm, I'm sure other maples have those hanging clusters of helicopters. We call them sometimes when we were kids, the helicopters that come down out of, out of maple trees. But the seeds that this guy sent me a picture of, number one, are long. They're about an inch and a half to two inches long. Number two, they're not paired. They're not two of them like a two-bladed helicopter. This is a one-bladed thing with a little nut-like thing on the end of the blade. So what tree does that come from? I can think of the third tree that has spinning seeds, very common in our landscape. Yeah, tulip poplar. Tulip poplar has seeds that look exactly like this, as a matter of fact, which is what I told him. So I think you got a tulip poplar, and they're dropping seeds. They spin as they go down to the ground. And I think it's very obvious to all of us that the reason for the spinning is it catches the wind and disperses the seeds so the tulip poplar doesn't have a lot of competition underneath it, but hopefully these seeds get a little further away, more tulip poplars, more maples, more pine trees, as these samaras. You want a big word? I'll teach you a big word. Spinning seeds are called samaras, S-A-M-A-R-A-S, if in the plural. And so samaras come out of these trees to disperse the seeds. Enough about the newsletter. You can subscribe to our newsletter. It is absolutely free. Every other Thursday comes out to your email address. You can subscribe at WalterReeves.com. 
Let's go up to the um, upper right-hand corner where it says subscribe to newsletter. That's right now. Go on the phones down to our friend in Griffin, Georgia, Ms. Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Mr. Reeve. How are you, Nicole? How are you this morning? Fine, fine, fine. Um, I was thinking about last week, your 25th anniversary. Twist, I know. So, uh, Mr. Before you is 27. So O'Neill, I heard him say yes. that. O'Neill Williams has been on the radio 27 years. So he was there before you, I remember yeah, one yeah. time. Yeah, you oh, had a little man. conflict. He's calling you the bug man. And <laughs> <funny enough. laughs> I was happy to you hear have about a, You have a good memory, Nicole. That's exactly yeah. what O'Neill would say. Well, the bug man is here. Oh, We're yeah. going to have the Lawn and Garden Show. Yeah. yeah and then and, I would tease him saying, ooh, it smells like dead fish in the studio. Get out of here, O'Neill. So. <laughs> I was happy to hear about Bruce, too. I learned a lot about um, water and uh, all kind of... Yeah. Uh, Bruce was a good... He's still in the gardening. Bruce, Bruce Holiday is a great yeah. guy, still doing landscaping, has his own company now. Okay. And so he does a lot of what I consider the, the, the smart work in landscape design and landscape architecture. The smart people are the ones who can look at a landscape and decide where the water is going to flow if you do mm. this, this, and this, where the water is coming from now that you can't quite figure out why it's coming underwater, underground. I mean, uh, Bruce is a smart, smart guy. Bruce Holiday. Yes, I learned a lot about because he was with you almost uh, not every weekend, but really often. often yeah, yeah. Very when he often. used to work for Pike, sure. I went in the wood. I did a lot of work this week, and I went in the wood, and I saw a big mound. Mm-hmm. And I said, God, I didn't put this mound there. <laughs> I took a pitchfork, Mr. Reeve. Oh, God almighty. This mound is about uh, three feet wide, maybe two feet high, a big mound. And I said, God, I thought maybe a snake or something. <laughs> I put a, a, a fork in it. Yeah. And I saw those insects with the big, long wings. Termites. Termites or fire ants? What do you think? Well, it could have been either one, fire ants or termites. Um, a termite, the baby would be brown, light brown, isn't it? Mm, not necessarily, no. That'll be white. They could be white. And the mother, that's probably 10 queens, probably 50 queens. They have those. How many queens are in there? I can tell you, Nicole, I've got about a minute and a half, but I can tell you how to tell the difference between fire ant and termite when you see them outside, when you see just one single plant, a single insect, or when you see a mound of millions of them in it. It's real simple. A termite body, whether it's the baby termite or the adult termite, has a cigar shape to it. It is just pretty much head, chest, thorax, all boom, just like a cigar. Whereas an ant of any kind is going to have three very distinct segments. The head is going to be squinched in with the neck. Then the thorax, that'll be squinched in to make the, the part underneath of the, the abdomen underneath. And so the cigar is a termite, not the cigar is an ant. So um, both of them have queens, isn't it? Both of them have queens, yes. Sometimes multiple queens, which lay zillion, gazillions of eggs. And once the temperature gets just right, they all hatch out at one time. And sometimes in the woods, this would be sometime in mm, early May, I'm thinking, Nicole, you'll see this, what looks like a cloud of something coming out of a stump. That's termites that are all hatching at the same time, all flying at the same time, going up to the air, they breed. The males and the females, they'd fall to the ground and start new termite 
mounds, termite colonies. So the mound where uh, the clay went up, mm-hmm. underneath the ground, they just dig up and tore us all up. Because it was like so it. tall, because it was so big, you said it was about three feet wide and two feet high, Nicole? Yes. I would be willing to bet that what you saw were termites that had built their clay home around a stump or something that was they could you know get into because that's okay. what they eat is, is wood. And so I bet there was a stump there that they just simply pulled dirt above to make themselves a nice airtight, watertight home, and that's they were inside there. That's what I think. Oh boy. Oh boy. Well, that's eight eighteen. We got to get out of here. Or, excuse me, six eighteen. And one half. <laughs> we got to get out of here. Nicole, it's such a wonderful thing to hear your voice again. The same here. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day, too. Nicole, we'll see you next Saturday at 618. And we'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the lawn and garden advice you need. be some sun today. All right. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Mostly sunny today, warming up a bit. High 50, low of 32 overnight. Partly cloudy tomorrow. High of 53, low of 31. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. John's up in Marietta and joins us right this very minute. Hey, John. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help? I have a question about uh, killing English ivy that has grown yeah. way up uh, a tree that's about 70 feet tall in my backyard. Yeah, sure. Uh, right. Last summer, I cut the vines all around the trunk of the tree about at waist height. Good. And some of the runners are really thick and maybe almost an inch thick. Yeah. And I've noticed that they have runners, uh, those small roots that are growing out and gripping into the bark of the tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, the vine hasn't died from cutting it and i'm guessing that with as much rain as we've had that they're getting uh, enough water to stay alive and i'm wondering will those eventually die or how can i kill that i've tried spraying as as high up as i can reach with roundup How, um, how long ago did you say you made the cuts john uh last uh september okay yeah, I think your theory is probably correct that those little whole fast of roots that go into the bark of the tree, they don't connect to the sap of the tree. So there's no, no parasitism or anything like that. But yeah, they may have absorbed enough rainwater and things to keep the leaves still green from then till now. It's eventually going to die. As long as you have cut the connection to the earth, which you did, sounds like you cut the vines, severed them completely. As long as that's cut, the top cannot live long. <laughs> well, it'll, it'll be a while. I've seen them last for three or four months, but gradually they turned yellow, they turned brown, and then they're all dead. Yeah, I've got a real infestation of English ivy way up in my backyard, and yeah. I've been trying to put, kill some of it out because my little dog got bit in the face by a oh, copperhead man. last year. Yeah. You know what I would do, John, is if you can, can you get back there with a mower? Can you get a lawnmower in there? No, it's too hilly. 
Okay. You got too many rocks and dead hmm. trees. If that's the case, the best you can do, I think, is just once every couple, three weeks, maybe go back there with a a sprayer with Roundup and spray the uh, ivy and just do that regularly, persistently. Eventually, the Roundup dies. Roundup will kill ivy. You don't need to make it heavy, strong, or anything like that. But eventually, it dies. It's like the ivy uh, in the tree that the ivy on the ground also takes a while to turn brown. Eventually, though, you'll kill it all and hopefully keep the dog safe. At 628, we'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 6.36 on a Saturday morning. Of course it is. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful, whatever you want to do or not, in your landscape. If you have questions about your grass, your trees, your shrubs, critters, rat control, roach control. <laughs> if you have questions about any of that, give me a call, 404-872-0750. Casey is out in Sonoy, down in South of Atlanta. Hey, Casey, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Walter? I'm all right, Casey. What's going on in Sonoy this morning? Um, well, I'm having a problem with my, my grass, my father-in-law's grass, actually. Yeah. Uh, well, it gets, I don't know what kind of grass it is. It's, it's some expensive grass. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and uh, anyway, it gets green in the winter. I know that. All right. And it's, it's, it's brown like, uh, I don't know, the... the like zoysia is, yeah, all right. but it's it's not centipede. Huh. It's uh, it's got it's actually got blades, and I, hmm. I think it's some kind of sod. Could be Saint Augustine. You say it's gr- it's green now, Casey? No, sir. It's, it ain't green now because okay. uh, it gets green in the winter, but it ain't green now because it's, we've had too much rain in the past huh. month. All right, all right. Okay, but he well. said that it it would have already been starting to get. He's saying that. There's green patches throughout the yard now. Uh-huh. They're starting to they're starting to get green. Like the colder it gets, it'll. He uh-huh. said that it'll get greener, and he'll be having to cut it. I bet he's got one of those summertime brown. I bet what he has is Bermuda or zoysia, and it the green be. stuff that he sees in it may be annual bluegrass. A weed, really, is what bluegrass is. Is a weed, but it is pretty. It's green. Woo! It's nice in the wintertime, but then. Come May or June or so, it starts dying out, and the other grass takes over. The zoysia or Bermuda turns green and takes over in the summertime. That's my oh, guess. Okay. But what did you want to know about the grass anyway, Case? Um, well, since we've been having so much rain, uh, my wife runs off the driveway, and uh, <laughs> my, my brother-in-law's done uh, run off the driveway and tore up the grass. Uh-huh. And, you know, he's 73, and he's retired, and all he worries about is the grass. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and uh, so I'm trying to figure out how to fix the ruts that's where, yeah. you know, where they drove off the drove off the driveway. Yeah. And you, you know how to rut, when, especially because of all the rain, and the grass is soft anyway. Yeah. Because um, it takes real good care of it. All right, I got the answer. I, I can tell you okay. how to do it, Case. Um, all right. Go out there this afternoon, tomorrow, it's fine. Just some warm afternoon where you don't mind working a little bit. 
and get if you can one. if you can get a flat bladed shovel they work best because you get underneath any grass that's down at the bottom of the rut you know tire ran over it and mashed it down pretty bad and maybe covered it a little bit of mud but there may be some live grass underneath all that mud and stuff in the rut so just try to take your flat blade shovel go underneath it lift it out of there put it off to the side put it on the driveway if you want to to keep it out of the way and then get some <coughs> what would we call woods dirt <laughs> some woods dirt yeah, I, somewhere I, I got plenty of that I got guess some woods dirt plenty and, of mulch Fill the uh, fill the hole, fill the rut with that, and then put your saved grass. It'll look sort of sorry right then, but just pack it on top of it, like you're replanting it on top of the on top of the new woods dirt, and pack it down a little bit with your hand. It has to be stomped on or anything like that, and let it uh, sit there. It should, I think, green up a lot better than it would down the bottom of that hole. So I think okay. it'd be fine. Just to lift it up, yeah, and put woods dirt in there. Put the sod on top. That'll work fine. So just kind of cut the square, just kind of cut the square out, yeah. and lift the grass up, yeah, and then just fill it in with uh, mulch or what you know, you or got whatever it. I can, you know, like what I'm saying. Yeah, and then, and then Casey, go get a bunch of cinder blocks and put them right there at the edge of the driveway. So when they hit the cinder block, they know don't go any further than that. Don't get he got, he got sprinklers all up and down the driveway, too. Oh, God, he's going to bust them out, too. Get some rocks or something to keep them out of there. Casey, if you don't, you're just going to be back messing with the grass again. I'll tell him. You've tell him I I'll said so. And tell I'll him tell I, him. I'll talk. Tell everybody tell we said we appreciate Sonoy. We know how to pronounce this is Sonoy, not Sonoya. It's oh, Sonoy. is it Sonoya? No, no it's it? Sonoy. You know it is Sonoy. Everybody lives Sonoya. in Sonoy, not Sonoy. Sonoya. I yeah. call it Sonoy. Well, you're not from there then. No, I ain't. I'm from downtown Atlanta. Right? Well, yeah. <laughs> See, everybody in downtown Atlanta calls it Sonoya, but it is Sonoy. Sonoy. Yeah. Okay. And my wife told me that a week ago. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's one time she gave you really, really good advice, Casey. It is yeah, Sonoy. Yes. Well, I appreciate you, Walter. All right, man. I've been to you for a long time, man. I appreciate everything you do. Oh, it's good talking to you, Casey. Thanks so much for calling. We'll talk to you soon. Mary is up in Athens in the classic city, Athens, GA. Hey, Mary. Good Hello. morning. Hi. Good morning, Walter. Good morning, Mary. What can I do for you? I have a large area for Scythia, and there's a vine that looks like maybe honeysuckle growing yes, in it. Yes, you bet. Sure. And the... This the honeysuckle or whatever still has green leaves on it. Is mm -hmm. it safe to put some Roundup on those without hurting the forsythia? No. No. Okay. No. One one word answer for that one. But I'll tell you how to get rid of the honeysuckle in the forsythia. I can do that. Okay. How about that for you? And you're talking to a man who's done this exact thing. But Mary, you need a buddy. You need somebody to help. That's the only thing okay. required. What I did next to the we had a little neighborhood swimming pool back 25 years ago, and the holly bush beside the driveway was, like yours, covered in honeysuckle. Just big old vines that came up from the ground underneath the holly. And so we had a cleanup day at the pool, and I said, John, one of my friends, John, I said, here, hold this little spray can. I had a spray can of Roundup, and I had pruners in my other hand. I went underneath the holly on my hands and knees and cut every stump of Roundup vine that I could find, every vine that I could find of honeysuckle, I should say. Every honeysuckle vine that I could find, I cut, and then I sprayed the stump with Roundup. 
Hey, John, give me that Roundup again. And John gave me the Roundup. I sprayed the stump. I checked that thing for another three months, I'm sure, Mary. Not a single one of those honeysuckle vines came back because the Roundup will inhibit sprouting. And that's what you Mm -hmm. want. You don't want to re-sprout. So if you can find a buddy with a little spray can or a little paintbrush with Roundup on it, you could paint Roundup on the stump, and the Roundup would kill the Kill the vine. Well, I'll I'll send in my grandson if I can. It's it's yeah. a probably a fifteen foot area of honeysuckle. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Of, they just clip so it down. Maybe getting in there and finding the the honeysuckle will be kind of hard. Let, let him do the cutting and you do the handing. You hold the whole thing around yeah. up. Grandma, give me that roundup again. Right. <laughs> you get up and you'll get her done. That's exactly it. Well, I thank you for your help, Ben. Oh, I hope you have a good day. Oh, you too, Mary. Thanks so much for calling. Ashley Frasca, you had a camellia, you said camellia question? I did. You want to hear it? Yeah. It's did. actually on behalf of a friend. Oh, okay. okay. That's important that we do a right answer. There. No, no wrong answers here. That's right. So she uh, ordered a camellia from South Georgia. I believe it's peppermint. It's really pretty. Oh, the white When the, one, when the, the bloom is closed, it's yeah, almost kind stripe. of a sure. baby pink peach, but then it opens and it's got stripes, like nice. red and light pink stripes. Okay. Anyhow, um, can she plant it now? And just thinking uh, with the cold and the wind and all of that, what's the best spot to plant it so that it's protected from frostbite? What is Kirk saying about next week? What's the temperature next week? The highs are in the low 40s, but yeah. like Thursday and Friday, the lows are going to be in the high teens by Thursday. Ooh, ooh. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Here's what I would do. If she ordered it, that means it's not huge. It's not like five feet tall or anything. But it also means from South Georgia, it's probably a little tender from being down there, tenderer than it would be here in Atlanta. So my thinking is, yes, she could plant it now, but... She needs to go to the liquor store and get a couple of cardboard boxes and put, get one big enough to put over the top of her camellia to protect it next week. Um, cardboard boxes are great, you know, easy to find, easy to put a rock on top to keep it from blowing away. And it'll protect the flower. Does it have flowers now on it or did she say? It does. It does? Okay. So it's got flowers on it now. The cardboard box would keep the flowers from turning brown around the edges in the cold weather next week, Wednesday, Thursday, if it gets really cold. And planting it now is probably better for the plant because it's probably bare root. doesn't have a lot of soil around the roots, and so it needs to be planted now. And I think she'd be fine. After next week, if the temperatures don't go down way, way down anymore, I'd take the cardboard box off, you know, Friday or Saturday of next week and leave it off until if it got really cold, put it back on top just to protect it just for this spring. And that's all. Most camellias... Do pretty well in the cold weather. They occasionally, yeah, get some flower damage to them, but nothing that would really threaten their life. So, two questions that come from that. Yes. First, when people are calling you this time of year asking about planting new shrubs or plants yeah. or something like that, is it worth their while to go ahead and put mulch or leaves around the base? I mean, I know the soil temperature is what it is, but mm-hmm. does that help? Didn't do it. It didn't have much to do with the soil temperature per se. In other words, mulch does, I guess, to a certain extent, insulate the soil, but does it do anything for the plant? I wouldn't say much in particular. Mulch, you know, two or three inches deep and chips or straw or anything like that. 
Maybe the soil is a little bit warmer, but I just don't think it's going to make a whole lot of difference to mulch the ground or not mulch the ground. I'd rather they mulch simply because it holds moisture, prevents weeds, all the good things. Make sure that mulch is pulled away from the stem of camellias, particularly because that's where voles come in. And if they have mulch right up to the stem, they get a little hidey place to go in there and eat the, eat the roots. Oh, we don't want that. Then, no. then that's a whole separate call to the Lawn and Garden Show. Well, yeah. uh, Second question yeah. that stems from that is um, when, when you're covering things like out on the back deck in the yard, like with mm -hmm. a cardboard box or sheets or something, do you need to go out during the day and take it off and kind of let the plant breathe and mm -hmm. get some sunlight? Or do you just leave it covered for a few days straight when it's cold? Depends on what color your, your box or your sheet or your whatever is. And particularly if it's clear plastic. I know a lot of people have clear plastic they keep in the garage to you know, cover things in the garage, cover the car, things like that. Clear plastic can cover plants, but boy, you better get it off the next day quick because it will get hot underneath there. And clear plastic is probably responsible for more plant death than cold is because the clear plastic just warms them up. And then the night comes and the clear plastic is still on and it loses heat faster than cardboard boxes or sheets or black plastic. And so honestly, actually, if there's a big area, I would say cover it with black plastic. Black plastic is shiny, and it reflects a lot of the sunshine away from the area so that the heat and the sunlight is not absorbed into it. And so black plastic keeps it cooler underneath than clear plastic does. That defies what I would have thought would have been logical. Oh, I would think the black but, would absorb the heat and it would go through it. But you have experience. Every child has the experience of, on a cold winter day, being told to go get in the car for a few minutes and you get into the car and it's just toasty. It's so nice and warm on a sunny but cold winter day the inside of the car. The, you know, sort of the greenhouse, they call it the greenhouse effect, has warmed the inside of the car up. And if you remember that, that even though you have clear windows on a cold day, or when you do have clear windows, I should say, on a cold day, the sunshine comes in, it heats up the interior of your car, but the heat that it is transformed into by the seat covers and the dash and your shoes and whatever's dark inside of the car can't get back out of the windshield and so it warms up. The greenhouse effect. What's that's called? Oh, you just know, learn all sorts of things around this place. Stick around for a little while. It's 648 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 430 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. Garden music on the planet. Jason Byers and a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Security, mostly sunny. Warming up a bit this afternoon, though. 50 degrees, mostly sunny. That wouldn't be so bad. 50 and mostly sunny. Not bad at all. 32 tonight, freezing. Partly cloudy tomorrow on Sunday. High of 53, low of 31. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. You know, I think we can get to have time to put Jim in here. Jim, join us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Jim, good morning. Good morning. Hey, good morning. 
Hey, I just needed to get a repeat on that information on the the man with the driveway ruts. What <laughs> yeah. kind of mulch was that? <laughs> woods, you, you mean the woods dirt? Is that what you're talking about, Jim? What mulch yeah. did I mention? I think woods dirt is what I mentioned. That's just dirt you out in the woods and find <laughs> underneath some, some tree little mound of dirt. You, you know, shovel it up, put it in the wheelbarrow, carry it back to the house, and put it in the hole. Woods dirt. It's not, okay. not a brand name. It's a woods dirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's too early for me. Yeah, too way, 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 way too early. You caught the little tag end of the conversation on what we do with, with the holes by the driveway. But I think the most important thing, Jim, get some cinder blocks and put it and keep the brother-in-law, father-in-law, and everybody from backing over the, the lawn there. Everybody knows that. <laughs> okay, thank you. You bet, Jim. Thanks for calling. You know, one of the most intriguing, maybe, pictures that I have, photographs that I have, is the side of a driveway, both sides of this concrete driveway that I walked past. And on both sides, the, was it clover or henbit? It was some winter weed. Green, 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 up and down the sides of the driveway. And then beyond that, the brown grass of wintertime, of Bermuda, I'm guessing, so the driveway itself lined with green weeds and the Bermuda beyond that completely brown. Why is that, I thought? Oh, I know why. Because the soil had been run off, maybe not as bad as the previous color this morning, but the soil had been compacted by people running off the side of the driveway. Once in a while, they compact the soil when they run off the side of the driveway. What do weeds love and grass does not love? Compacted soil. And so those green strips on either side of the driveway that I observed were just weeds, probably henbit, again, chickweed, something that the weeds got in there and started growing. They loved that compacted soil, and the grass, the Bermuda beyond, didn't like it, so the grass fades away, the grass, the weeds come in, and they took over right there beside the driveway where the soil had been so compacted. One of my neighbors has, a, has had for, I think they said 17 years, the same guy mowing their lawn. Not the homeowner, but the same lawn service, you know, sort of guy in a truck with a lawnmower driving around the neighborhood and mows his lawn. And in Lou's front yard, I said, why, Lou, is there stripes of green weeds up and down your lawn, very parallel stripes? He said, because, I think Danny is the name, because Danny, who's mowed the lawn for 17 years, never varies his path. This goes back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, same way every time, 17 years. That compaction just from the wheels of the lawnmower made strips of green weeds in Lou's front yard. Ha, you see something like that? You just see that? Teaches me something right there. Look around, friends. You learn things all the time. It's 6.58 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. 